Sometimes it's hard finding thankfulness. With all the struggles, divisions, the anger often hidden deep within us. Too often life begins to drain the joy, distress, destroy the deafening noise, shuts out the voice of God. We walk our road, we wander our path, setting the tone, watching our steps right and left, every breath spent, longing for the next big thing. But what if we could give thanks in the little things, the small victories, the tiniest dreams that seem to feed our soul? of God to never leave or move on to care and to love becomes undeniable. Finding gratitude in the everyday. This, this is where thankfulness begins. Do you find it difficult to be thankful? I mean, is it, is it hard for you to look past the circumstance in your life, to look past whatever it is you are in the midst of and you are in the middle of, and to stop and just to be thankful for it? I know for many days I've had that same issue. I've had that same problem to where I'm always focused on what's wrong instead of what's right. I'm always looking at what I don't have instead of being thankful for what I do. In essence, what I'm, what I'm saying is I've been the bottle is half empty a lot more than I've been the bottle is half full. Because it's hard sometimes for us to stop and to be thankful and, and to really think about what that means, acknowledge what that means. You know, it's great for Thanksgiving, right? I mean, we, we kind of work at it this way. We, we have this one week of our life where we stop and we go, man, we have so much to be thankful for. And then it used to be on Friday that would stop, but now it stops at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Because now, now we're, we're reminded again, it's not about what you have, it's what you don't have. You need to be focused on this. You need to be going after this. You need to do everything you can to go get this because this is what's going to bring joy to your life. You know what? Joy doesn't bring gratitude. Gratitude brings joy. And I think so many times we've gotten that mixed up and we've gotten that messed up. And because of that, we go through life and we, we aren't that thankful. Or we are, but it's just in brief pausing moments instead of it being something that is ingrained inside of us, a very defining factor 
of our lives. And I had every intention of starting our Christmas series this morning. That was where we were going. We were going into our brand new series for the uh, Christmas season, but I really just felt like this week God was telling me, don't rush past thankfulness. Because it's what we tend to do every single time. And so this morning, I would love for us to walk through some, some principles that I truly believe that if we can begin to apply to our life, it'll change the way that we live our lives. And one of my favorite passages is Psalm 92. Psalm 92 is the psalmist is telling us what the benefits are, what the reasoning is, why we need to have a heart that is thankful before God. And I'd love to read these 15 verses together this morning and then just kind of spend a little bit of our time just beginning to understand how we can begin to apply these to our lives so that we can be defined as being thankful for what we have and not being so focused on what it is that we don't. And I hope and pray that God will speak to each of us this morning and will draw us in that we won't just simply pass this over and say, yeah, that was great, that's wonderful, now bring on Christmas. Christmas will be so much better if we get this, right? If we'll apply this truth to our life, it'll change everything about it. Let's look at what the psalmist says here, beginning in Psalm 92, beginning in verse 1. He says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night with the ten-stringed lute and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you've done I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man has no knowledge, nor does a stupid man understand this. That when the wicked sprouted up like grass and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O oh Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. I've been anointed with fresh oil. My eyes have looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the word this morning. I thank you for the truth, God, that needs to be applied to each one of our hearts today. God, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear what it is that you want to say to each one of us. And Father, my prayer is that our lives would be defined by thankfulness today. And God, that you would begin in us something that you want to continue to see, something you want to continue to build as we go forward. Because Father, we have so much to be thankful for. Remind us of that today. Show us that today. Change our hearts today. Let us fall more in love with you and let thankfulness overflow from that. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we walk through this psalm together here in Psalm 92, there's three things that I really want us to understand if thankfulness is going to begin to take hold in each one of our lives. The first thing we got to understand is this, that thankfulness has to be a priority, right? Thankfulness has to be a priority. It has to be the thing that is driving everything else that happens in our life. Look at what the psalmist said back in verse one. He said, it's good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. He says, man, there's, there's benefit in this. It is a good thing for us to be a thankful per- people, for us to thank God for who he is, to thank God for what he's doing. Thankfulness is something that bubbles up inside of us, and it has to come out right? It, whatever's in our heart is going to come out. Whatever we're thankful for is ultimately going to receive the praise in our life. Now, it may be honoring and glorifying to God, or it may not be honoring and glorifying to God. But the things that we're excited about, the things that we're thankful for, they're going to bubble up to the surface and they're going to come out. The greatest way for us to realize what we're the most thankful for is social media. And here's the greatest way that all of us can check this because it's wonderful, right? Because all of us go onto social media and we post what we're thankful for. We post what we're excited about. We post whatever it is that has the praise of our heart. Our team won yesterday, unless you're a Roll Tide fan, right? You didn't win yesterday, so you weren't excited about that. You didn't post about that. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you're posting about that. If you're a Clemson fan, you're posting about that. If you're a Georgia fan, you're, you're posting. It wasn't pretty, but we'll take it, right? Because we may not be as lucky against LSU this coming Saturday. We post about that because it's something that has our heart. It has the praise of our heart. We're excited about it. It's something that we're very, very thankful for. But you know what? If we start realizing that and we go back through our social media and we begin to see the things that we're posting, the things that we're talking about, it's gonna reveal something about our heart. It's gonna reveal the things we're truly most thankful for. Now, I hope and pray that because it's been Thanksgiving week, there's a few of you that have some things you could be excited about, right? As you look back over, well, thank God I was thankful for my family. Thank God I was thankful for the opportunity that we had to get together. I was thankful for my spouse, points for me. But you know what, go past this past week. Go back and look at some of your earlier posts, some of the different things that you're doing, because listen to me, what has our attention, what has our heart is going to get praised. It's going to come out of us in some way, shape, or form. And so sometimes we need to go back and begin to look at that and go, you know what? Is thankfulness a priority in my life, and am I giving thanks to the things that really, truly matter? If not, what the psalmist is going to do here is going to give us some ways that we can begin to have thankfulness as that priority and that we can begin to be thankful for the right things. The first thing he says is this, it starts privately, right? It starts privately in our lives. Let's look at what he says, beginning in verse two. He says, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Here's what he's saying. So listen, if you want thankfulness to be the priority in your life, then here's how it starts. It starts when you open your eyes in the morning. It, it starts with the very thought of, man, I'm alive. 
I can see, I can hear, there's breath in my lungs. Father, today I am in your loving kindness. I am yours, I'm alive, and because of that I can be thankful to you. Now tomorrow morning when your alarm goes off, that's probably not the first thing that's going through your mind. Because you're going, junk, I gotta go back to the office. Right, I gotta go back to work, I gotta go back to whatever it is that I'm doing. I gotta go back to school tomorrow morning. And that's the last thing in the world that I truly want to do. But what the psalmist says is, listen, it's not about where you've gotta go, it's not about what you've gotta do, it's about the fact that there's breath in your lungs that you woke up in the morning, and what are you declaring? You're declaring the fact that you have God's unwavering love being poured out upon you. What did you do to earn that? Nothing. What did you do to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing you could have done, but here's the greatness of who God is. He loves you. And you didn't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to to lose it. All you're doing is when you wake up in the morning, you're going, God, thank you that today I am yours. And what's true of me is everything your word tells me it is. Romans 8, God, there's nothing that can separate me from your love today. Nothing can separate me from your love today. There's no meeting that's on my agenda. There's no email that I've got to return. There's no phone call that I've got to return. There's no in-law that I have to go see. There's no family member that I have to go see. Jesus, there's nothing that can remove me from your love today. And for that, I'm thankful. Is it a priority in your life? Because I hope and pray that's where it starts. It starts when we wake up in the morning, but look where it ends. It ends because your faithfulness by night. He says, look, all day long, I've been just thanking you for who you are. And God, there's nothing greater than when I get to lay my head on my pillow at night and just be reminded that you never once forsook me. God, you never left me. You never walked away. You never left me on my own. You have been with me every step, every moment, day by day, and I give you glory and I give you praise for that. If we're going to allow this to become a priority in our life, it has to start in our private moments. It has to start in that time where it's just between us and God and we're thanking him for who he is. It happens privately, but it also happens publicly, right? It has to happen publicly. Look at what he says here in verse 3. He says, with the ten-stringed lute and with the harp and the resounding music upon the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. What is happening in private has to come out in public, right? When, When I'm thankful privately, when I'm alone with God and I'm giving him thanks for who he is and what he's done, that will bubble up and it will come out of me and it will do that in a very public setting. There's something about a thankful heart that says, I cannot wait to get together and to worship God for who he is to thank him for who he is, to praise him for who he is, to come together with the body of Christ and just to give him the praise and the glory that he so rightly deserves. Is that how you woke up this morning? Is that what you did? You, you woke up this morning, you rolled over and you went, woo! I get to worship with the body of Christ this morning. Man, there's nothing better than that. And you walked into your kid's room and they jumped up and they said, "Woo! we get to worship this morning. I can't wait. It's going to be the greatest day ever. Well, if that was you, it wasn't like my house, right? Because that's typically not our heart. But listen to me, it needs to become our heart. 
And it becomes our heart when thankfulness is the priority of our heart. It's meant I can't wait to worship. I can't wait to get together. I can't wait to lift his name up on high and sing, yes, it is a glorious day. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for me just being able to be here and to praise you because God, there's some stuff in my life. There's some junk in my life. There's some circumstances in my life that if I'm gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't have written it up this way. But I know in the midst of it, you're still there. And you've never once left me and you're never gonna leave me. And so I'm gonna give you praise and glory today. See, one of the greatest joys that we have as a body of Christ is that when we come together, because we're a community, because we do things together, we know each other's story. We know the hardships. We know the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly that's happening in each other's lives. And there's something when we know that about each other and when we come together to worship on a Sunday morning and we stand and we begin to sing a song and we begin just to kind of let our eyes float around the congregation and we see people that we know their story, we see people that we know their heart, we know what they're going through, we know what they've been through. We know that they've been going through pure hell but they're worshiping God because they're thankful that he's never once left them, that he has constantly been right there by their side. Listen to me, when we see that, it encourages the body. And we're like, God, you are so good. And there's nothing better than being here and worshiping you. It's not optional. If thankfulness is everything in our life, if we're rooted in that, it's the priority because this is the place that we want to be. Because not only is it beneficial for us, but it's beneficial for the body. And the psalmist says here, listen, if, if thankfulness is going to become a priority in your life, it happens privately, but it also has to happen publicly. And we've got to see this together. Thank him for who he is and continue to give him glory because he truly deserves it. Is thankfulness a priority in your life? Because listen, when it's the priority in your life, it helps you get the right perspective in life. Do you realize that? That when it becomes the, the priority of my life, that man, I'm gonna live my life in such a way that I'm always thinking about the things that God is doing, always thinking about how good he is, how merciful he is, how I continually get his loving kindness even though I do not deserve it. And I'm doing that in the morning and I'm doing that at night and I'm doing that with a guitar and I'm doing that with a piano or I'm doing that with a keyboard. I'm doing that on Spotify. I'm doing that every opportunity that I've got to say, I want to worship him and thank him and praise him. Here's what begins to happen. When thankfulness becomes the priority, then thankfulness begins to put us in the right perspective. It changes the way that we look at life. When we're thankful people and we're focused on the right things, because here's what happens when we stop being thankful and we start looking at this world and we start looking at the things that are going on around us, we start to panic. Because if you're honest this morning, right? If we don't know that God wins, if we don't know that he's already planned this whole thing out and that he is at work in every detail of our lives and everything that is happening, we don't get that, we don't understand that, we're not focused on that. Here's what we think when we look around this world. We are in trouble. 
It ain't good. Everything going on in Washington, everything going on around the impeachment, listen, it ain't good and it's not going to get any better. We got more of this junk until November of 2020. It's not going away. It's going to stay right in front of us. Abortion is not going away. It's going to stay right in front of us. Everything that we're looking at day in and day out as we watch the news and we watch this world look like it's falling apart, the reality is we sit back and go, you know what? We are in trouble. But here's the problem. We've got the wrong reality if we don't have the right perspective. But the reality changes completely when we understand who it is that's truly in control. Look at what he says here in verse uh, five. He says, how great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man has no knowledge, nor does a stupid man understand this. That when the wicked sprouted up like grass and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forever more. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. The reality that all of us have to face this morning is simply this, that when I am a thankful person, I'm mindful of what God is doing, I'm thankful for how he's doing it, it puts me in the right perspective to realize that, you know what, it may appear like everything's going crazy and everything is wrong, but God's still on the throne. God's still in control. And everything that's happening is happening for a reason. Yes, they're sprouting up very, very quickly. And it looks like this evil is going to win. But listen, God's still on the throne. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be destroyed forever. And he will bring perfection. The only way we know that, though, is when we're thankful for him and our mind is focused on him. Because without that perspective, we think, man, we are in trouble and this whole thing is going crazy, but it's not. Psalmist goes on to tell us how we respond to this thing that's happening around us. And he says that in verse 10, look at what he says. He says, but you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. I've been anointed with fresh oil and my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. God, you've not lost control. God, you're not sitting back doing nothing. You are involved in every detail of everything that is going on. And when the world looks like it's going to hell in the handbasket, what's the response to that? The response is the church. The response is the believers who are sold out for Christ, who are focused on him, who are thankful for how he's at work and what he's doing, stepping up and realizing that God has called us for such a time as this that he has anointed us, that he has given special oil upon us. He's raised us up to be lights in the darkness. He's raised us up to make a difference. And the only way we're gonna have that right perspective is to have a priority that thankfulness is everything in our lives. God, I'm thankful for how you're looking, how you're at work, what you're doing, how you're working in and out of every detail of my life. Listen to me. When we realize the glass is half full and it's only by God's grace that there's anything in the glass at all, he has given us absolutely everything and we're mindful of that. We're focused on that. It changes our perspective of how we look at this world.
Last Sunday, I had the opportunity to go over to a couple in our church's house who are from Egypt. And Wahid and Lila uh, invited me over because they have a ministry that is based out of Egypt and it's six different areas there around the Middle East. And they're ministering to people who have not yet heard the gospel, things that are not taking place. They're reaching people, they're discipling them. And then, then in turn, they're turning around and going and sharing their faith with other people in Muslim areas, different places that you and I could never get into. And so they asked me last week, they said, hey, would you come to our house? We've got a, a friend of ours, Ash, who's coming over and we would love for you to hear his story. We'd love for you to hear exactly what God has been doing in his life. And so I went over and had lunch with him. And while we were there, Ash began to share his story of how he was from Yemen, grew up in Yemen, devout Muslim in his faith. But what began to happen was uh, different things were happening in his life and he ended up becoming a smuggler and he used to smuggle weapons and, and help uh, terrorist groups and different things that were there in Yemen. And because of that, he ended up getting thrown in prison. Once he got thrown in prison, he was um, disowned by his family. They wouldn't come bail him out. They wouldn't do anything to help him. And so he was stuck in prison for years. And one day he was able to go to the hospital there inside the prison and there was a lady that was a Dutch lady who had been on a mission coming to Yemen, ended up spending 25 years of her life in Yemen to share the gospel. And during their interactions, they got to know each other pretty well and he kept asking questions about her faith and asking questions about Christianity and unbeknownst to her, started looking into it and really desiring and pursuing, wanting to have this relationship with Christ. She ended up bailing him out of prison and ministering to him and, and spending more time with him, but never knew of the decision that he was gonna make to trust Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. A couple of months go by, she gets kicked out of Yemen after 25 years, not seeing one convert, not knowing one thing, gets kicked out of Yemen, she goes back home. Well, Ash begins to pursue his dreams and his desires in theater and in drama and in speaking, doing some different things, and he begins to bounce around from town to town, ends up in Cyprus, where he gives his life to Christ. And when he gives his life to Christ there in Cyprus, a door begins to open for him to go. And when they found out there was a Yemeni gentleman there that was in Cyprus that could speak to those in Yemen, they brought him in and they said, hey, would you do us a favor? Could you read a couple of things for us? Because we want to broadcast this in Yemen and we want to broadcast it on the radio and on television. And he ends up reading this thing and they're like, man, you're fabulous at reading this stuff. And he said, that's what I've always wanted to do. I wanted to give my life to this. And so now for several years, he has had a TV uh, station as well as a radio station that is broadcast live in Yemen. And thousands of people have come to Christ because of him and because of his heart and his passion and wanting to continue to see people come to know Jesus Christ. A few years ago, he had the opportunity to be reconnected with the Danish lady that was working in the hospital and got to share with her that it was her loving on him and showing him Christ that allowed him to understand who Jesus was and to surrender his life to him. And they began to cry together and, and he looked at her and he said, are you okay? And she said, no, because when I got sent out of Yemen, I came home and everybody at my house continued to tell me you've wasted 25 years of your life because no one ever came to know Christ. 
Obviously, God wasn't in it. And obviously, that's not where you were supposed to be. And she said, but now knowing that your life has been changed because of the influence that I had there, knowing that thousands of people have come to know Christ changes everything about my life. You see, our perspective on everything really matters. And whether we think God's not in control, listen to me, God is absolutely in control. God is on the throne and there's not one thing that is out of his reach, that is out of his hand, that is out of his control. And we've got to understand that and we've got to realize that and say, listen, I don't know that I'm making a ton of difference, but God's saying, listen, you are. For such a time as this, I want to use you exactly where you are to be an influence, exactly where you are to make an impact on somebody's life. And listen, we may never know. We may be just like this, uh, this Dutch lady that had no clue that 25 years of her life, she said, man, was it a ruined? You know, was it, was it ridiculous that I gave all that? Nothing ever changed. But you know what? We don't always know the impact that we're going to have. But when we have a thankful heart, it keeps us in the right perspective. And we know what God's doing. We know how God's at work. Third thing the psalmist tells us that thankfulness keeps us planted, right? It starts with that priority in our life that, man, I'm going to make this a priority in my life because when I'm thankful for the things that God has done, I look at this world completely different than I do when I stop being thankful, and as I'm watching the things that God is doing, what it's doing is it's actually growing me and I'm becoming planted in the house of God so that he can use me to further his kingdom. What the psalmist says here is this, that when we get planted in, in the word of God and planted because of thankfulness is happening in our life, we begin to flourish, right? Our life begins to take off and things begin to happen. Look at verse 12. He puts it this way, he says, the righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, do you see the difference? He says, what did he say about the evil? What did he say about the one that was against God? He said, it's gonna sprout up quick like grass, but in the end, it's gonna be completely destroyed. But those that thankfulness is rooted in our life, here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna begin to grow strong like the palm tree. We're going to begin to grow strong like a cedar of Lebanon, right? Strong, high, tall, being able to accomplish the things that God wants to do in our life. He said there's a big difference between the two, and there really is, church. I think one of the biggest things that we face right now is that all of us want God to use a microwave, but God really likes a crock pot. And sometimes what he needs us to do is he needs us to sit and he needs to put us on low, and he needs to begin to work in our lives to grow us, to use us, so that we're not just sprouting up like grass and say, hey, here's the deal, I'm going to be able to do this. He said, no, I want you to have some deep roots. I want you to be like the palm tree. I want you to be like the cedar of Lebanon. I want to do something in you and through you, but listen, it doesn't happen overnight. Keep cultivating thankfulness. Keep reminding yourself day and night of all the things that you have to be thankful for. Keep putting it in the right perspective and stay planted in the house of God so that I can begin to use you so that you can begin to flourish and do things that you never thought imaginable. Not only say, hey, we can flourish if we're planted in the right places, but it also says that we'll have fruitfulness if we're planted in the right places. Look at what he says here in verse 14. 
He says, they will still yield fruit in old age. Can I get an amen? You'll still yield fruit in old age. What does that mean? What's old? Old's perspective, right? It's all in the perspective. I used to think 40 was old until I hit it. Now I know it is because everything on me hurts, right? I'm going to be 45 this year and I'll be blessed by God if I make it to 50 before I fall over and die. I don't know what's going to happen. What's old? Here's the deal. He's saying, listen, if you stay planted in thankfulness, you stay planted in what it is that God is doing and how he's at work in your life, here's the reality of it. Man, you're going to not only flourish, but you're going to be fruitful deep, deep into your old age that God's still going to use you for his glory and draw people into that relationship with you. Not only are you going to be yield fruit in old age, but you're going to be full of sap and very green. Man, you're going to be so productive to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him, in him. Church, that's my prayer is that we would make thankfulness a priority in our life, that we would allow it to be the very foundation upon which everything else builds because it gives us the right perspective on how we look at life and ultimately it keeps us planted in him so that he can use us for his glory as long as he allows us to walk this earth. That's what thankfulness can do in each one of our lives. And that's why it's so important that we don't just blow past it and say, yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. Yeah, that was great. It was a great week. Now, give me, give me, give me. No, let's stop. And let's be honest because if God didn't give us another thing, he's already good enough. He's already worthy enough of every bit of the praise that we have to give. Because he loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross in our place, a death that every single one of us deserved to die, a debt that none of us could have ever repaid. But he loved us so much that he sent his son to die in our place. And if we place our trust in him, we can have eternal life. That's where thankfulness comes from. And church, I believe it will radically transform our lives if we live from that place of thankfulness for his glory, for his honor. We stand to your feet and let's pray together. Father, we love you. <laughs> and we just stop to say thank you. God, not for a day, not for a week, but Father, for every moment of our lives. We have so many things to be thankful for. God, help us not to blow past it, but help it to be a staple in our life. Help it to be the very driving factor because with that, everything else falls into place. Father, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life and I'm thankful for what you've done in many lives that are in this room. But I'm also thankful for those that are here this morning that do not yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm thankful because you're in the right place this morning. Because what he's done in me, listen to me, what he's done in me, he desires to do in you today. Him sending his son was for you. Which I don't deserve that. No, you think I did? No, none of us will ever deserve it. I'm so thankful for it. 
So maybe this morning as we're singing, you just need to realize, you know what? You've tried to do life your own way and today's the day you stop doing that. Today's the day you release it over to him and just say, Jesus, I'm tired of living my way. I want to live your life. Forgive me. Come into my life and help me live every moment for you. Listen, we would love to celebrate that with you today. And as we sing here in just a moment, listen, if that's your desire, then step out. I don't care if you're here on the floor, you're in the balcony, wherever you are, just step out and say yes to Jesus and what he's done for you. Father, we worship you now. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. Give us the courage to say yes to you and to be obedient. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.